Hey everyone, Ed Helms here. You might know me as Andy from The Office or Stu from The Hangover, or you might know me as the co-founder of BGS. I know, I'm just as surprised as you. They let me co-found something. But here's the thing, we're doing it again. Yeah, this time we're leaping into our other deep love, the vast and vibrant world of country music with something we're calling Good Country. Now this isn't just another newsletter. Think of Good Country as a place. A place where you can explore, learn, and dig into all of what makes country good. Seriously, country music has so much going on these days, and it's coming from so many different deep and soulful places, and we're here to cover all of it. Just as we've done for Bluegrass and Roots Music at BGS for over a decade. So sign up now at goodcountrybgs.substack.com and let us bring you the many sides of country music straight to your inbox. Good country. It's a nice place to be. Hey, it's Cindy Howes from the podcast Basic Folk, where we have honest conversations with folk musicians. Check out our very special 250th episode featuring an interview and performance with Basic Folk co-host Lizzie No. I feel like most women I know have an experience where They've been working and working and working to perform and to execute and to please everyone else. And then things sort of fall apart a little bit in some way or another. And partying can actually be a really important step towards getting free because it shows you where you need to fall apart and being on the dance floor, like in community with mm. other women and mm -hmm. in community with queer people. Mm -hmm. Like for me, those experiences have been so important. This time, Lizzie is on the other side of the mic talking about and performing songs from their brand new album, Half Seas. Basic Folk's 250th episode with Lizzie No is streaming now on the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network. Join us there or wherever you get podcasts. How do you know when you're on to something? Um... Well, I mean, usually you don't. I mean, usually it's just, I mean, it's usually it's just like, just kind of hammering away, you know? I mean, the, yeah. the, that's, that's, that's the most of it. And then every once in a while, something will either make you like chuckle or make you cry while you're writing. And then you're like, okay, now I'm onto something. Welcome to the Travis Book Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Travis Book. This episode is brought to you by Thompson Guitars, makers of fine instruments handmade with love in Sisters, Oregon. The podcast is presented by Americana Vibes and the Bluegrass Situation, and our show is part of the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network. You can dive into all things Roots music anytime at thebluegrasssituation.com. Graham Sharp has had the kind of career any banjo player dreams of. He started the Steep Canyon Rangers in college with a group of friends, immediately discovered he had a knack for songwriting, and the rest is history in the making. 23 years, 9 albums, and a Grammy Award later, the Steep Canyon Rangers, behind the strength of Graham's songwriting, have established themselves as one of the best bluegrass and Americana bands of their era. I was grateful for the chance to talk with this insightful artist, play some really beautiful music, and reminisce about our shared history. I hope you enjoy this episode of The Happy Hour. This episode is an edited distillation of the original live episode that aired June 8th of 2022. Live from the Great Eagle in Asheville, the Pearl of Carolina, it's the Travis Book Happy Hour. With special guest, Graham Sharp. Happy Hour House Band featuring Julian Pinelli. And now, your host, Travis Book, yes. Yes. Thank you, Julian. Welcome, y'all, to the Hat Travis Book Happy Hour. Uh, usually, I have an announcer. His name's Bill, and he's from up north. But Bill couldn't make it. Bill had another gig tonight, so I'm announcing myself, which is kind of how I prefer it sometimes. <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning in. And thank you all for being here. Welcome to the Great Eagle. Big thanks to the Great Eagle for letting us do this. I think this might be our 26th episode of the Travis Book Happy Hour. And um, I can't tell if it gets easier 
or not, but I feel pretty comfortable tonight, so I take that as a good sign. Last weekend, I had the honor of performing uh, as the house bass player for the first ever Carolina guitar celebration at the Brevard Music Center. It was organized by my friends at Mountain Song Productions, and it was hosted by Brian Sutton, brilliant guitar player. I was able to perform with Brian, Trey Hensley, Jerry Douglas, Peter Rowan, Molly Tuttle, among others. One of the highlights was playing me and my guitar with Jerry. He played on the definitive recording with Tony Rice, and Tony was the topic of many of the backstage conversations. Today would have been Tony Rice's 71st birthday. Tony was a huge influence on my entire generation of acoustic musicians. We're all sort of just simply obsessed with Tony's music. I did a retrospective here on the happy hour in May of last year, and just this week released the first of a two-episode podcast of that retrospective that featured John Stickley on the guitar, Sean Lane of Blue Highway on mandolin, and Lindsey Pruitt on the fiddle. Um, if you podcast, I encourage you to check it out. It's available wherever podcasts are found. Uh, if you don't, the whole episode is on YouTube, so you can revisit it. Um, but I wanted to start the show tonight with a Gordon Lightfoot song. Tony recorded many Gordon Lightfoot songs over the years, and this is one of my favorites of his. Um, he included this as the closing track on his seminal record, Manzanita. It's called Home from the Forest. <laughs> Where the river runs down 
with the mighty roar, the big jets above the canyon street. Come and come, a light moves on, the city never sleeps. To an old forgotten soldier, the dawn will come no more. For the old man has come home from the forest. Julian Pinelli there on the fiddle. I've been a fan of uh, the Steep Canyon Rangers for a very long time, as I'm sure you all have as well. We're so, we're so lucky to have them. Uh, I first crossed paths with them when they were essentially busking on the sidewalk outside of the newsstand in Durango, Colorado. And I'll touch on that again later. Um, so I've, I've, I've seen a lot of iterations of, of this band and, um, and I just love them. They're one of the, kind of one of the reasons I decided to move to this part of the country. I knew moving to Brevard, I would have good friends in, in Woody and Mike and Mike, and it has proven to be the case. Mike Ashworth is just one of the most wonderful people and incredible musicians I've ever played with. I really sincerely wish he could be here tonight. The reason we're here tonight is because the, uh, the Steeps have been graced with, with one of the greatest songwriters of our generation and certainly one of the greatest ones of, of this part of the country. And he's got a unique and distinct voice and an amazing spirit, and he's a wonderful person. So please make welcome to the Travis Book Happy Hour, Mr. Graham Sharp. Pull up a stool, and yes. uh, it'll like make, it a little, make it a little more casual. All right. Get comfortable, and I'll ask you a few questions, and then we'll get to playing music. Like For those of you who don't know how this happens, we, we do a little interview, and then we're going to pick a little, and then we'll do a little more interview, and then we'll pick a little more, and then we'll do a little bit extra for those of you who came <laughs> to be here tonight. You've got to do a little something extra for the folks that actually left their house. That's right. That's right. We have nothing but love for those of you who stayed home. I get it. The internet is a powerful thing. Netflix is endless. Amazon has that, will deliver anything to your door, but it takes, it takes a special person to get out and leave the house these days. So yes, thank you yes. for being here. I'm going to jump right into asking you some questions about your history. You picked up, yeah. uh, you picked up the banjo in college. You were inspired in part by by Jerry Garcia and a compilation record from the Telluride Bluegrass Festival. Is yeah, that right? this is right. This is from, right. from like the 70s, like Hot Rise and Norman Blake. I think it was 76, 77 compilation. I had a teacher in high school who recommended Norman Blake, and he came and brought his guitar and played for us some like Norman Blake-style stuff at, at, at school one day. And this is the day of, of CD bars. So I, I went to the CD bar, and the only thing they had, uh, you know, was... Uh, was with Norman Blake on it was his Telluride compilation. So along with Norman Blake, you know, and I put it in the CD player there and put it on headphones. And like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, they'd open it up for you and you could listen to it. It, was, it blew me away. So it was, yeah, it was exactly, it was a hot rise. It was Newgrass Revival. It was John Hartford. It was Norman Blake. It was Doc Watson. Um, you know, it was Dan Crary. It was, it was mind-blowing. When you were first getting into playing, you know, acoustic-type music, um, I don't want to refer to it as bluegrass because it seems to me to be sort of broader and bigger than that. But like, what, who were who were your who were your first main influences? The bands, like the musicians and the bands that were really turning you on when you were when you were when you were waking up in the morning and thinking about banjo. It was newgrass. It was newgrass revival. It really was amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, they were. It, it, it took a while to. I mean, I think that's is kind of like gateway bluegrass for a lot of people. Um, yeah. You know, and, and people say that about a lot of the sort of more um, edgy bands today. Yeah. Whether it's like the String Dusters or uh, uh, Billy Strings or, or you name it. Like people are, people, it, there's something that's a little more familiar. It just feels a little more modern sure. um, to, to, to something like Newgrass Revival, the way it hit me at the time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 
after a, a brief period of getting acclimatized to, to that, you know, then you're ready for like some Flatten Scruggs or some Stanley Brothers yeah, that's, or something like that. That's such, a, that's such a common refrain where, you know, you get, yeah, you get hooked by something either, you know, uh, Olden in the Way or, or for me it was, like, it was like Leftover Salmon and String Cheese Incident and Yonder oh, yeah. Mountain String Leftover Band, that whole Colorado us, yeah. hippie scene. But real quickly you start to realize that like, like a lot of the favorite tunes of theirs that I was learning we're like old Flat and Scruggs and Stanley Brothers songs, and so you 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 head backwards. Yeah. And as you're learning the craft too, you you, you head backward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know J.D. Crow in the New South is a banjo player. Yeah. Just hooked me really really hard. Yeah. Um, early on, and uh, yeah, we went to it was a, you know very much a cultural sort of uh, education where we were in Chapel Hill. You know, we we're in this little university bubble. And, but if you want to go see J.D. Crow in the New South, you've got to leave your bubble. And you don't have to go far. You have to go, like, eight minutes. You, you know, you don't have to go far, but you have to get out. Yeah. And, and it was just so, it was so refreshing because at that point, like, I could play the banjo a little bit, so you go out to, like, Bass Mountain Festival, which was right outside of town. Yeah. And it had been, like, just a massive festival for years and years. You know, Bluegrass Cardinals were, like, mainstays there. And, Everybody had been there. Um, but you get out there, you know, and I'm a long-haired college kid. And first thing you know, you got a banjo, and it's like, come on, get out your banjo. Let's, let's play songs. And, like, it, it, it was really um, just an education to me and, like, how what folk music is and how it gets passed along like that. Yeah, that's, that's such an amazing thing about, about, about folk music is it really is an oral tradition. And it, people who are into picking love when other people want to pick with them they really do it seems like they so really simple do. you know <laughs> like i like i just started like i you know showed up at a festival with a bass and uh, you know there's not enough ba there's more jams than basses you've got five thousand friends immediately yeah it's yeah. really remarkable yeah. you know built a whole career on just showing up and being like being available with a bass and <laughs> uh you know so you're you're i'd say in my opinion in my estimation you know you're um you have a reputation for being a, a great banjo player, but it's your songwriting that is really kind of what you what 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 people know you for. Yeah, I think, least, that's, I think that's right. Yeah. At least that's at least that's what I it, that's that's the, kind of the most compelling thing that you do is this is this composition thing. Yeah, it's kind of the alchemy and the magic. Mm -hmm. um, who who how did how did you how did you start writing songs? How did that come to how did that crystallize for you? So you know when we started the band when we started the Rangers, I mean we were green like really tender green <laughs> at that point and um <laughs> so old shoots yeah i mean it was it was nothing i mean like you know at that point we were learning like oh you you put these three chords together and you got a song i mean like you say it's alchemy all of a sudden it's yeah. like well that's that's magical this sounds fantastic we should do this for the rest of our lives uh, <laughs> that's awesome. uh, but we had one guy in the band uh, named dave quo and Dave Quo had been in bands before in the past, and you know he he was a guitar player, um, and he he was kind of like guys, you know, if we're gonna be in a band, we gotta have songs. Yeah. Like, oh, sure, that sounds easy. You know, songs, no problem. So I mean, you just you just start you just start from scratch writing songs, and you know if 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 you don't think too hard about it at the start, it it, it feels natural and it and it really fits, you know. And there's something about the way that my songs and songwriting has grown with the band. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, it's really just kind of been, really led me as a songwriter to, to what I do. I'm not sure there's any way I would be doing it without having a group that goes out and, and does what we do. Yeah, you were a, you were a literature major. I right? was. I majored in communications, which is like one of the softest majors you can choose, you know, because it's and not really a anything. Podcast. Well, yeah, I mean, here I am. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it, <laughs> check it out, Dad. <laughs> Paying off, baby. Uh, great point, actually. But it, you know, it's one of those majors where you know you write a little bit, you read a little bit. It's all pretty chill. You know, you can get away with doing a lot of different things. But literature is kind of that's kind of a hardcore major. I mean, you're in the trenches with, yeah. with trying to understand um, what what writing and why what makes it good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I don't I don't know what what it, what it's what it's attributable to, to but. Um, I feel like I had a s concentration in Latin, and <laughs> yeah. as strange as it is, I feel like that was the best education in it because 
for one, it was my Latin teacher who introduced me to Norman Blake and the Velvet Underground and Professor Longhair and people like that. And also, like, um, just the way Latin is, is structured is really beautiful, like, poetically. So, I don't know, you hear somebody like Towns Van Zant sing a song and, like, you start recognizing, like, kind of these structures in it. Um, so that part of it really spoke to me. What is the, what is the, how do you, how do you know when you're on to something? Um, well, I mean, usually you don't. I mean, usually it's just, I mean, it's, usually it's just, like, just kind of hammering away, you know? I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's the most of it. And then every once in a while, something will either make you, like, chuckle or make you cry while you're writing it. And then you're like, okay, now I'm on to something. Interesting. Yeah. And do you find, too, that stuff that's kind of sticky that you, that you find yourself thinking about? Like, if you're thinking about the song, if you're working on it as you're walking around, that maybe you're, you're is, that, is that an indication at all for you? Yeah, I mean, if something just keeps kind of coming back. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I definitely work like, like uh, a cruel, you know, over time. Um, you know, I may pick out something that I was working on four years ago, and there's a little piece of it in there, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, and a great thing about the band also is that, like, the band is this great collective memory where, like, when I've forgotten songs or they've fallen by the wayside, they'll, they, they'll pull them out. And be like, oh, remember this? And like, there was something about it that somebody liked. The same thing, they remember it. So it's like almost you can like download stuff to the band a little bit. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like like the band is the cloud. Yes, they really, really are. <laughs> Careful when it rains. What is? I need, I need to sit with that one for a yeah, second. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> the, the song right there. Uh, what, what, what's, your, what's your favorite song that you've written? Wow. Or, uh, or, 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 or what do you think is the best song that you've ever written? Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, th I think, I, I actually will do it tonight. I think my favorite song that I've written is one called Can't Get Home. Um, just because, I, I, I don't know why. I, 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 and part of it is just in the way that, like, that's the one that people come up and mention to me a lot and that it um, people like feel a connection to it and sometimes the connection they mention isn't anything that I had in mind when I wrote the song but it just feels so good because you know once you put a song out there it sort of ceases to be yours and it's all of a sudden it's it belongs to everybody who interprets it and they have it it's their song and however they take it um, and that's one that just seems to have reverberated in that way the most. Yeah, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. That that yeah. song that song has a lot of meaning for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I have p very particular places that I I picture when I do it. You know, and for a lot of the songs, and you know, when I it helps me when I'm singing them to like put my mind in the, in that specific place. That's so interesting. I yeah. should probably do that more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna take that idea. Yeah, I'm just glad they're not all barroom songs. You know, <laughs> yeah, right? I get old. Right, you gotta be you gotta be careful. I've I've learned a lot about that over the last ten years of of just uh, how important it is to really be mindful of what it is you're actually saying and what your choruses say. Mm -hmm. And I've dropped a lot of songs that I didn't. They may have been catchy or fun to play, but I didn't love what they were saying. Yeah, you know, and some of those are covers. In particular, yeah. there's some stuff that just doesn't feel the same as it did back in 2001. Yeah. I can't, you know, I just, it's not the mantra I want to be chanting. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I mean, like, you know, we're talking about, like, writing while you're, like, processing stuff. I mean, it's not all going to be, like, rosy. You know, it's not only going to be rosy and pretty if you're processing everything around you. So, I mean, we've had songs that, you know, we've gotten together and played them as a band, and, and they sound good. You know, and people in the band will be like, let's play this song, let's record this song, and then you start thinking about what the actual content of it and what it is, yeah. and like, that doesn't feel good at all. Let's yeah. just leave that. Yeah, and like, it's okay to bring those into form. I think that's, that's a fun part about songwriting is to be, the older I get, the more comfortable I am writing any kind of song that comes up, and I don't yeah. get so self-conscious. I wrote this really hokey Christmas song the other day with John Weisberger, and I love it so much, you know, but it's about the hokiest damn thing I've ever heard. You know? I mean, it's ridiculous. Saying a lot for a Christmas song. 
Oh, I mean, well, it's Christmas songs, yeah. you know, you got to go there. Um, and, and five years ago, I don't think I could have written it yeah. because I just, yeah. I couldn't have let myself go there. I, my identity would have been too tied up and I would have felt like, I oh, just, I can't put this out there. And, and you know, and I also, I don't really experience shame anymore. So that may be part of it. <laughs> I gave that up a few years ago. Yeah. Um, talking about, you're, you're sort of touching on, on the idea, just a couple more questions and we'll, we'll get to playing some music, but uh, talking about like your, this record you made, Truer Picture, yeah. is, is you, were talk, you were making jokes last night about how, you know, when, you, when you're writing, if you're writing material that's really uh, tied to a time and a place, um, it can get interesting to see sort of how that holds up over time. Yeah. You know, and the Dusters just put out a record called Toward the Fray, and it's just chock full of um, what we were dealing with. Uh, pandemic, Me Too, Black Lives Matter, uh, the shifting political climate, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting as we, you know how it is, you, you, you kind of, things, things maybe feel a little less poignant, even though we're still in the midst of, of a pandemic and even though um, the question of race and equality in this country is one that we'll ask as long as we're a country, you, it doesn't feel the cut isn't quite as fresh as it was maybe That's while we were in the midst it. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So how is, how, is that, how is that for you with, with this project and, and the songs you've written on it? Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we, you know, we played last night at King Street in Brevard, and it was the first time I played those songs in maybe a year. And, yeah. uh, and you know, for, for in the public. So um, it did feel like it was a little bit removed from, from the moment. Um, but, but I think also by the same token, I mean, I think we've all, I mean, there's, there's, there's so much of us that, that is never going to move on from that, you know, in a lot of ways. So yeah. I think you, you know, music for one thing, I mean, for me, it, it, it marks time and it marks moments so well. And so many of my memories are tied up in the songs and I can tell you exactly where we were, like the first time the Rangers played this song or the first time, you know, Woody and I sang this song together or something like that, you know, like all these all these moments, uh, you know, or, or or even songs that you know, you heard on the radio with you know you're driving somewhere yeah. with the windows down and you were going to see somebody and this happened you know music's such a great um, way that we sort of mark all our, our our moments totally helps us organize our existence yeah yeah you would you like to play some music I like that let's play some music right. we'll get Julian Pinelli back out here thanks. That's Graham. We're gonna. T we're, I got. I got more questions for Graham. But we'll get to playing some music for a little bit here. in my mama's house So more than not I just shut my mouth And she hadn't lived here in a year or more But I still stand a little straighter when I walk in the door and There's a fresh coat of paint on the kitchen wall I went look before I scarce recall Somewhere beneath there's a pencil line Shows how tall I stood the day I turned nine I can't unsee what I've been shown My body's been and my mind is blown I've known I can find that house but I can't get home I did my first tour in 94 I was following the dead I didn't fight no war and everywhere I went, all the locals stared 
stranger there I can't unsee what I've been shown My body's been and my mind is blown And I never was ready for the things I've known I can find that house but I can't get with your bandmates, the Rangers. Like you said, you were green when you started, and that's an enviable place to be, to start as a band yeah. together. Yeah. What, was, what was it like early on? Um, I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was great. I mean, you know, first we were, first we were in chapel. I mean, the music notwithstanding, um, it was great. Um, <laughs> but, but, I mean, we were in a fantastic spot. I mean, we were in, so we were in Chapel Hill in college at the time, and, you know, we had all these buddies, and so I think the first show we played, maybe we knew eight songs, maybe we knew six, but it was at like our favorite bar in the line when there's like a line out the door and <laughs> yeah. you play six songs on a cycle for about two and a half hours. Yeah. Just getting it. You know, it's Foggy Mountain Breakdown. G! <laughs> e! Yeah. No, E minor! <laughs> e minor! <laughs> so you started out gigging right away. Yeah, pretty like much. Like you had a band, and you're it, like, we should, we should. We didn't should. seem like there was any reason not to. Yeah. No, I mean there was free. Well, there's free beer at the gig. Indeed. Right. You can Chilled pick. You can fries. pick for yourself, but then you know there's no there's no there's not as many chicks there, and there's no beer. Well, so yeah. You I mean, well and, you know, I mean, you, you think you think like in a band, you know, I mean, yeah, you, you know, a lot of people get into it for the girls, but we quickly discovered it was the bluegrass band, and it was we were in the wrong kind of band. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Story of my life. Yes, man. Um, <laughs> so you're so you're gigging. That's amazing. I read Olden in the Way was something that you latched onto early on. That was that was a revelation for me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Garcia. I, mean, I traced that to like Garcia for sure. But um, I mean, you can go back and listen to that now, and it, it's still it's still just it's still just so wonderful and so traditional, but also has this just sort of loose sort of yeah wonderful quality to it. I mean, it's. It's high lonesome. I mean, you got Peter Rowan singing and, and, and Dog playing this way that, you know, is, is Monroe, but is, you know, Monroe stoned and it's just, it's just so good. Well, yeah, and, Va and Vassar's fiddle playing, which is like every, it's like the entire universe. It really is. There's, it, 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 it's all there. Yeah. Everything you can imagine. You know, the full, full psychedelia and, and also just like the keening tones. They're yeah. all in there. Yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, Vassar was, he was, you know, uh, so many of the favorite albums that I have, I, I mean, have Vassar's fingerprints all over him, and I know it's like that for, for everybody in Bluegrass. I mean, he just, 
was such a such a unique stylist. He really was. How long have the Rangers been a band? I would guess, say uh, at least 20, maybe 22 years. Yeah, because I very. Can we give Can we get a hand? Give a hand for the Steve <laughs> Rangers. I mean, it's it's remarkable, you know, uh, being a being a band uh, for more than a week is mm. really hard. Um, most bands most bands don't make it uh, a year and yeah. my 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 band's uh, my, I think my mine's going on like 17 years it's amazing now yeah. it's yeah. one of those things where like you know when we started you guys were so established so established you know but it's kind of like it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like, <laughs> you know you had gigs we had gigs um you had gigs you had a you had a you had an RV you had a van yeah, yeah, yeah you had a van and an RV i mean yeah. you were a big deal it's kind of like when you're you know you're like you're a 5 year old and you have a you have a baby brother you know, you seem so diff, so disparate. But the You're older right. we get, the the less, the sort of the more we have in common. You oh know? yeah, so we're almost oh, yeah. becoming like middle-aged siblings, where we've 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 shared a lot of the same experiences. Which is at this which point. is interesting because, like, you know, still like, I mean, as a musician and a player, I mean, I, I see how far we've come and how well we've done and how much music and the support of people, uh, you know, both other musicians and professionals and also, you know, especially uh, fans have like enabled us to have a life and like yeah. uh, support our families and it's just so much to be grateful for in that um and yet like just still hungry yeah not literally but i mean still hungry for for the music and to just keep pushing and keep getting better you know and still feel like i'm looking at it with that young young man's attitude of like you know still us against the world you know and yeah. we're gonna go out and show them this time yeah and you know you you, you make this you go to a lot of trouble to be in a band and to make up songs and to make recordings and it's a big risk. There's a lot of overhead. It's your way from home and so you, you know, you want you want you want to take it to the people and yeah. it's always I I have I still have that too and we still have that where, you know, we 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 want to play for more people. I can think for all the right reasons. You know, just because we feel like we're going to all this trouble, we might yeah. as well be playing for folks. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and you got to stay hungry for it even after 17 to 20 years. I know, I know, and it's and it's. It feels better. It feels better than ever right now. I'll, I'll say, you know, doing it. It really, I can't. I can't think of a time I've enjoyed playing music more than I do right now. I'm so happy to hear that. I hope that we're still doing this in 20 years. Indeed. You know. Yeah. So I touched. I touched on this earlier, but I do want to take a, a solid walk down memory lane. <laughs> I did meet you guys first. I calculated it was 2002, and okay. you were you were in. Some type of an RV. You were busking at Magpie's newsstand in Durango, okay. and I begged you to come stay with me. But I was a complete—I was a complete wook <laughs> in those days. I had very long hair. I did not take good care of myself. I had a neck beard, and you were—you turned down my offer. And it was—you were—you were probably right to turn down my offer. It wouldn't have been pretty. My home was not fit for company. Well, I mean, we were just staying with David Smith. Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> David's been texting me all day long. He's so excited about this. Um, but it was, it's funny because um, not, not long after that, you guys went on and won the Rocky Grass Band Contest. Yeah. And, and um, my friends and I, my, my buddy Anders Beck and I, had come across Andy Thorne, yeah. banjo player from the Chapel Hill area. He was still in college. He was on a ski trip out there. And we, he accepted my offer to come stay at my apartment. <laughs> Because I told him I'd show him around the ski area for a couple of days and ply him with whiskey. And we ended up playing music for three days straight and skiing. Yeah. And that was, and when I gave him the pitch to come back to Colorado to play with us in the summer, I said, look, man, this is what we'll do. We'll get a band together. You can bring a guitar player. We've got a mandolin player, Anders. We're stuck with Anders. He's in the band. He's a dobro player. He's going to be in the band. <laughs> I said, but we'll go. We'll win this Rocky Rest Band Contest. And I said, and I know you'll win the banjo contest. I said, at the very least, you'll be walking away with a J.D. Crow banjo for all your trouble. Which he still plays. He still plays. He's broken yes. the neck off nine times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he still plays it. Yeah. And we did. We, we literally did. And part, and part of why we had the hubris to think that we could do it was because we'd seen you do it. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and we'd seen what it had meant for you that a, a little event like that could really help sort of galvanize your group and give you opportunities out in Colorado, which oh, yeah. is, you know, North Carolina is kind of the home of bluegrass, but Colorado is the home of, of newgrass. Yeah, and it has the Telluride sure. Bluegrass Festival, and there's a certain energy around the music out there. Um, we like to joke in the jamgrass world that so, as Colorado goes, so goes the rest of the country. Those people tend to be, yeah. 
like, you know, Billy Strings blew up there before he blew up anywhere else. And mm -hmm. the String Dusters were playing to 500 people there before anywhere else. Um, and your, your success at that Rocky Grass contest, I think, was really inspiring yeah. for us. I mean, you know, for me, I don't know if it was that original Telluride CD that I first learned off of, but I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what it was. In 97, I think, um, uh, Olden and the Jerry had died a year or two before, and Olden the Way was having a reunion at Rocky Grass. And Charles and I, and a couple, uh, maybe it was just Charles and I, uh, no, we met. He was on fish tour. I drove out there with somebody. My man. We met on a dirt mound outside of <laughs> Rocky Grass. That's where we meet. Yeah, that's, that's, we, we, we had this all planned out. Petty uh, times, man. <laughs> and uh, so that was like a pilgrimage. And we did that year after year after year. And eventually, you know, at that time we weren't even playing, I don't think. Maybe we had just started. But I mean, we made that pilgrimage year after year to, to Rocky Grass. And that felt like kind of our natural home um, out there, and still does. Yeah, that, it's, it's still such an amazing place, um, Planet Bluegrass, yeah. out there along the, along the St. Brain River. It's the best. It's, yeah. it's really magic. Um, all right, I just, got a, I just got a couple more. This is kind of the, uh, this is the lightning round. Now, don't, don't feel like your answers, though, have to be short. But okay. it's time to buckle down. It's a very short lightning round tonight, because um, I just want to get back to playing music. Uh, but if you could talk to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell him? Wow, uh, keep the faith. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. What, what color is your front door? Reddish orange. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Mine's, mine's red. Yeah, reddish orange. I didn't I pick think it's it. A, yeah. But that's what it I is. I picked mine. Oh, good for you. Yeah. yeah I hadn't changed it yet. It's nice. It's a strong color. It's easy to find. Easy for the Amazon delivery person exactly. to locate. Um, why? Okay, this one isn't really a lightning question. What, why do you do this? And, and, what's, and what's the point for you? Like, what's your mission? Um, well, I mean, first I just fell in love with it, you know. And, I mean, we got into this just, just absolutely dumb, dumb luck, you know. I mean, we had a group of guys who loved doing this and loved doing this together. And, you know, I mean, none of us thought we'd be doing it for any period of time, you know. And I'm sure our parents were like, yeah, go for a year and play in this band. It's, it's yeah. fine. I won't say anything. Seems and then, harmless. Yeah. Um, but I mean, and, and now I just feel like it's just so much part of my DNA. I just love to create. I mean, the creation part is what I enjoy the most, you know. Yeah. I love getting out and playing shows and doing all that, but really like where I get my energy from is, is the creation part of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking now, looking now, I mean, it looks like such a inevitability that we ended up here, you know, after so long. But I mean, there's just so many places where it could have gone weird and so many little just little encouragements that we had along the way that that's all it took, you know, or just a, just just one little step and you take one more little step, you know, um, yeah. and then something breaks and, you, you know, it's your life and you're still amazed every yeah. day. Yeah. Right. Eventually you get to a point where there's kind of no turning back. Yeah. Oh, is know? that right? There's no turning back. I think, I think so. <laughs> I think you're past the point of no return. You're right. <laughs> there's no plan B. A <laughs> no, no. um, couple more questions. What do you hope for? Um, you know, I, I hope for um, to be able to sort of grow um, in, in such a way that, you know, gives us time to both play music and do that and also be here at home a bit more and uh, just sort of, um, I don't know, really kind of grow into my relationship with my wife and my kids and stuff like that, which... I'm fortunate it's been so wonderful for so long, but, um, you know, I just hope for the health and the, 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 the good luck, you know, yeah. career-wise to be able to do that. Yeah. Is there anything, generally speaking, is there anything that you're afraid of? Uh, just sucking. <laughs> <laughs> fear, of, fear of failure? Yeah, okay, we'll say that. That's yeah. what, that's your your yeah. therapist would be like, are you talking about a fear of failure, Graham? <laughs> um, that's that's a good that's a good safe thing to be afraid of. I'm not really into snakes. I was working on my kitchen the other day, and we we were under the crawl space, and there was a six foot rat snake down there. Hmm. You know, but yeah. it keep but I don't have mice, so I'm kind of like you know because it eats them all. So I'm like in a little bit of a predicament: mice or snake, mice or snake. You know, I can't decide. Yeah, I think your snake stays. Snake stays. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 
Because he won't surprise you the next time. You're more scared when the snake surprises you. If you know the snake's there. You know he's there. And you just yeah. got to keep all your hatches buttoned up mm -hmm. so he doesn't come hang out in behind your refrigerator. Yeah. Uh, last question. Uh, you know, this is the happy hour, and it's not for drinking. It's, it's a question of what, what is it that makes you happy? Um, I mean, such a, I, mean, I feel like the balance makes me happy, you know, when I feel like um, things are going well you know, with the band, professionally, um, at home, um, you know, in so many different ways, you know, that balance can get thrown off. But, you know, when, when everything feels in balance, there's just like, I don't know, I have so much to, to be grateful for that, and that I'm fortunate um, to be around. So, yeah, that's what makes me happy. Yeah, man, and you live in Asheville, North Carolina, so you got no complaints. Yeah. All right, that's Graham Sharp, everybody. Let's play some more music. Thanks, buddy. Here's a little tune called Coming Back to Life. My downstairs neighbor stumbles through his refrigerator door. I can hear his stomach rumbling through his ceiling through my floor. Sounds just like a two-by-four. It's a noisy, messy business This coming back to life I'm sitting in my kitchen Hoping for something new It's just myself, I'm kidding Most anything would do I blow imaginary smoke rings With my imaginary pipe Keep my mind on a sweet thing Keep coming back to life yards from here there's a little park by the reference broad river and uh, some years ago I was down at that park with my son and he was just a little guy there was a fella sitting there an older gentleman and he had a pack of crackers and he was surrounded by birds all around him he had crows mostly crows but pigeons and you name it there's only two kinds of birds I can identify as so. Lots of other birds as well. Um, but my son was entranced, you know, being a, being a, being a young fella. And so he went up to this fella and started talking about it, talking to him. And it turns out his family had a long connection to the aviary pastimes. He, uh, his grandfather had owned a gas station outside of Candler here. And he swore that his granddad had a crow on a little perch next to the cash register there. And he keep this crow on a perch, and he swore that his grandfather had cut this crow's tongue right down the middle, and it enabled the crow to speak English just like you and I, possibly even better. And uh, that really stayed with me. Really stayed with me that that experience. <laughs> What it stayed with me even more was possibly my failings as a parent for letting my son sit down next to him for an hour and throw crackers to the pigeons, but it's all worth it when you get a verse out of it, so. Big crow by my window's got breakfast in his beak. An old man once told me he could teach a crow to speak. He spends his hours on the park bench now since he lost his wife. Feeding crackers to the pigeons Keeps coming back to life I'm sitting in my pajamas Hoping for something new It's just myself, I'm kidding Most anything would do I blow imaginary smoke rings Through my imaginary pipe Keep my mind on a sweet thing Keep coming back to life All right, Julian.
kicked the habit of walking in my sleep. I kept a picture in my head that kept me light upon my feet. The reaper right behind me, twirling his scythe, cursing this damned old world that keeps coming back to life. And I'm sitting in my kitchen, hoping for something new. But who the heck am I kidding? Most anything would do. I blow a match smoke rings with my imaginary pipe keep my mind on a sweet thing keep coming back to life keep my mind on a sweet thing keep coming back to life got a banjo and a fiddle and they go together like peas and carrots as they say so we might as well hear them do their thing right. ain't nothing quite like a banjo and a fiddle
tree made of plastic leaning on the kiddie pool it probably looked fantastic way back when it was new and the folks around here keep keeping on in spite of all this noise makes me wish i was back in asheville where i'm just one of the boys instead i'm up in watertown waiting for the show and someone dumped the trash where the trash ain't supposed to go Selling darkness is an easy pitch Passing a torch, long burned out Hoping nobody flips the switch Gold cinders in my hands, cinders in my pockets God help me, I remember the flame Well, the warmth of the embers was gone When I got it, but I got it just the same And it's just too far to go in these hand-me-down shoes The Generation Blues private disgrace I must have huffed a lot of chemicals polishing the brass girls I never could act my age yeah quiet boys fly boys look you in the eye boys talking how the war was won a black and white photo of the soda pop king grinning like a son of a gun and it's just too far to go in these hand-me-down shoes the generation blues salt and go make it on the avenue i got a key in my hand a key in my pocket i'm looking for a room with a view well the door's unhinged and there ain't no lock and no telling now who's coming through and it's just too far to go in these hand-me-down shoes the generation blues can do what's lost wasn't worth the cost to keep it so let's just start anew i got nothing in my hands nothing in my pockets i threw away the little was left well if you ain't tried it don't try to knock it there's better things up ahead and it's just too far to go in these hand-me-down shoes the generation Thank you all so much. Thanks for tuning in at home. We'll see you all back here in a couple of weeks for Chris Jacobs. This has been the Travis Book Happy Hour Podcast. Thanks for listening. Huge thanks to Graham Sharp, Julian Pinelli, Thompson Guitar, Americana Vibes, and the Bluegrass Situation. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and leave a positive review. It really helps us out. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Travis Book Happy Hour and online at thetravisbookhappyhour.com. And remember, it's okay to be happy.